to the podcast. The second one, or maybe this is the first one of the day you're listening to. Uh, bit of a spoiler, spoiler. I'm hoping Alex will watch the latest Marvel show. Um, it's called Echo. It has my favorite Marvel character in there returning from a show I really liked that was on Netflix. You may have heard that a Mandalorian movie was announced. Uh, as I've thought for, for some time now, even though uh, the Marvels was disappointing for many, um, as that came out, I felt that that was the pivot point for uh, everything under the Disney umbrella getting straightened out and... I'm going to watch this show, and if Alex watches it, we'll talk about it. I was stunned to hear that it's, I think it's rated MA, and as violent as the Netflix show I liked, which on Disney is surprising. So you might get Echo spoilers here. Uh, Three things to tap into, including I can't believe people are going to show this person any ill will for what he did for you. Um, We did the Ashland apartment thing in the podcast with Heather, but I'll try to tap into that again. And oh, what almost froze me out of Toledo. And let's start with, uh, I, I'm stunned. The uh, $60,000 Connect Toledo and City Amphitheater in Toledo study was completed. Um, There's good pieces, all, all different kinds of information picked from the report, which you can read uh, on 13 WTOL and, and the Blade. And they could have just come to me and I'm going to give you this answer as somebody who needs data like oh there's 50 people saying the roundabout in Perrysburg is a bad idea well you provide me data not other than your eyes or I think or I feel like um this so the report basically says yeah we could have it but it's it's not going to really be an asset and it's probably it would likely cost the taxpayers um let me pull oh i really like the one comment from paul toth who leads connect toledo and um he did mention that one benefit of this was getting several entities, I think the city and maybe even Hunter Brooks, the, the guy that wants to build the amphitheater, um, getting several entities that might not normally work so well together to work really well together. So if that was the cost of $60,000 and that bears fruit down the line that isn't an amphitheater, heck yeah. Um, some of the things that jumped out to me were for this 8,000-seat amphitheater, um... If a new outdoor amphitheater with a greater seating capacity and more state-of-the-art amenities becomes available in the marketplace, these higher-tier artists would prefer the opportunity to maximize ticket sales. The study reported, I'll come back to higher-tier artists, but it also said that it might um, might reduce the quality of acts that select the zoo. They also wouldn't necessarily be an exp- it wouldn't be a cheap ticket, and the higher caliber of artist you get, the more expensive it would get. Um, and a price point that might not allow a lot of people here to go to these shows. Um, we were never going to get, we were never going to get the artists. Uh, I've always wanted more pop acts here, but I've had my eyes on ones that I think would, could possibly come here. I never thought Doja Cat or Taylor Swift or Dua Lipa was coming to Toledo. And I've told you that for years and years and years. Um, and it, we're, we're just geographically pinched. I think that a lot of performers have um, radius clauses in their contract. 
where if you do a show here, you cannot do anything else within a certain amount of miles within that radius because that venue that is having you wants to sell tickets to those people in that circle. I guess depending on where you're sitting right now, we may or may not be 60 miles from Detroit, but I'll come back to that venue specifically and why we have overlooked that. And it wasn't included in the report, but it should have been commented on with this, but this is where they could have come to me. So regardless of anything, we were never getting higher caliber artists, almost regardless of the genre, except for country where we get pretty big acts, right? Um, I think this is from Toth. Tier, uh, Toledo is not going to be considered a tier one music city. He believes Toledo will attract tier two or tier, tier three bands. That's what I've thought all along. His comments. One would be Taylor Swift and that wouldn't happen. Two bands are like Matchbox 20 and Pitbull. Tier three would be an older rock band. We just need to understand our market and figure out how large of an investment we would need uh, we would need to build an amphitheater to meet the, the, the needs of the community. So again, um, we could do it, but it wouldn't really be worth it is what I'm grasping. And I think there's another part of the study that said there would only be like 10 to 12, 10 to 15 shows a year. Is that worth putting this up somewhere um, in the downtown area where we could use that for something else? So here are my um, two thoughts that what we could do. Um, that Matchbox 20 show, I am upset at myself. Tickets fell into my lap at the last minute. It was a Friday. The Friday before, it was Jeep Fest Eve. And tickets fell into my lap. I could have run home real fast or had somebody let the dogs and hopped over to the zoo. But I was like, you know what? I don't... Jeep Fest is going to be a long day, like 6 to 6. I don't want to be all grumbly and ornery, getting out of what will be a great show, but fighting to get out of the parking lot, getting home later than I expected, having to unwind and then wake up, you know, and do that. So I didn't go. But I talked to plenty of people who didn't saw pictures. And if it's in the running, if not the champion for best concert in Toledo last year. So, and I don't really talk to anybody about the zoo. I don't talk to people at the zoo like this and they like uh like whoever has shows around here like the summer shows if there's five shows they usually do five genres five buckets um and matchbox 20 was was the pop one was it two years ago bare naked ladies um i would encourage i would ask the zoo because that's a wonderful venue right that's i don't know how many people fit there maybe not eight thousand. that's a great venue Like, let's have a few more concerts there. Even if we got to, what, bundle up in September, October, or earlier in the spring? Let's let's do that. My other suggestion in lieu of this this amphitheater that would be built in Toledo, do the Waterville one if you want, which I don't think that will happen. Um, How about some type of band shell? And I came across that name listening to the classical station that I do, that I like in New York City, WXQR, where over the summertime last year, they did live broadcasts from a Central Park band shell, which seemed pretty cool. Now I think I've painted that picture for you. It's a shell, kind of like an amphitheater. And there's, what, movable seating or just seats, benches that are a part of it. Maybe it's only 500 people thousand people uh but that could be an avenue we go down one of the things i was very much against proceeding with this and oh the other big answer was we don't know if there's going to be summer concerts um i don't know if uh mr brooks can get those scheduled and announced so that we can have them coming up maybe some things will fall into his lap 
I don't, I didn't want um, us to construct <clears throat> a mobile or portable um, set of bleachers or seats like he wanted to do, I think, this year at Promenade Park for a couple of reasons. Not so much like many people, a lot of people were critical that it would keep average people out of the park. Like you couldn't come in there on certain days and enjoy your lunch or take a walk. I get that. I was more concerned about ripping it up because those seating, uh, those benches, the seats, the bleachers, whatever, they could do some real damage and it it could be very costly to rebuild Promenade Park. Another part of this report, I believe it said uh, the optimal solution would be to expand on what's already there at Promenade Park. Now, whether that means building seating and kind of ripping up the park, I, I don't No, but I think I threw out some very feasible options. Um, I'll push back on Mr. Tuff just a little bit. And I say this in in, in an informed and knowledgeable way. Taylor Swift is not tier one. Taylor Swift is not tier one. As we just saw with the tour and the movie, Taylor Swift is her own tier. Taylor Swift is the Taylor Swift tier. Tier one would be Doja Cat. Ed Sheeran, Dua Lipa, those are tier one. Although, I I will tell you, um, what we could probably easily get to come to Toledo for the size market that we are and what we can afford, um, shaking it off, (laughs) the Taylor Swift tribute band, that's not a thing so far as I know, but don't all those tribute bands go to the casino? Like, the Bruno Mars one was 24 Karat Magic or something. Uh, we could have Taylor Swift tribute band, which would probably be pretty cool. And as I've always kind of joked, yeah, we'll have Doja Cat here or Dua Lipa. When like some of these old rockers that come through, we will get the uh, fifth retirement tour of Dua Lipa in 2049 um, at Huntington Center 3.0. So yeah, unfortunately, we're never going to get those big acts. Um, but the Pitbulls, some of the other ones off the top of my head, and I don't talk to my record label friends as much as I used to. If I did, they could give me numbers, knowledge, geography. Um, maybe Tate McRae, especially now as she's at the point where she's probably about to go nuclear and get to that point Billie Eilish was um, at the peak of her career, you know, back in 2020. Um, who else? He doesn't have a project currently, but like Sean Mendez pops into my head and he he might even be too big. And it's hard to go with uh, with pop acts because when I first started clamoring for them, there were plenty of them. Now, not really because so the top 40 format, pop music has always been like a song driven format. Um, that's why it had a lot of songs that you love. And I could put that artist, I could have that artist serving you coffee at IHOP and you wouldn't know it was them. You know, one hit and gone. Record labels would invest, would invest in, in the song. Um, but that was it. Sometimes they would invest in the song and then the career of the artist. And then we get Billie Eilish and Rihanna and whatnot. But now due to, um, the streaming boom, a lot of times record labels, don't build talent. They just take it when it's already been built because Kid Leroy or someone like that has built a massive online following uh, via TikTok or where TikTok is releasing songs now. I think that's where Tate McRae released her big her big last single, Greed. 
Um, so now record labels look for that. What are you bringing to us so we don't have to, so we can capitalize on what you're bringing us rather than spending all this marketing money to create something that doesn't necessarily work. So there's a lot more of those artists now, those streaming hit artists. You probably have a lot of favorite songs. Even people who are a little, like people in their 30s, people in their late 20s who are still pretty wired into music. Uh, you probably have favorite songs and you don't know a damn thing about the artist. Like maybe you you saw some a TikTok video, but you never got into the artist. And then by the time that you did, um, you realized that was your only hit or they retired from music or something like that because they're just like here and gone kinds of artists. Um, I'm scrolling through our music log right now. We could probably pay to have Lotto here, uh, Big Energy. Uh, no Katy Perry, too big. Harry Styles, too big. We could have Justin Timberlake's, like, uh, I'm turning 60 tour. Uh, Jason Derulo. We could probably get Jason Derulo here, though he's 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 far removed from the peak of his career. Here's a good one. This would be good for the zoo. Um, right around the Matchbox 20 time, too. She, within the last year, had some new music. Not nearly as big as her peak, but I could see Avril Lavigne at the zoo. No, Avril Lavigne would not be a show at um, at at Promenade Park. Um, TLDR, what that venue might have would probably bring us the same things that we've been getting. What were the other things? Oh, Matthew Stafford. I, I am back at it again with fans after the fury of discussion. Um, with Michigan and Harbaugh and, and, and all that, and the people that love that Michigan won, the people that hate it. Did not expect to have this much uh, sports fan discussion this week. It came my way that people are going to boo Matthew Stafford, or they will be prepared to boo Matthew Stafford, the Super Bowl champion who gets to play his first ever playoff game in Detroit with the Rams on, uh, that's a Sunday night game. So, a couple of components to this. That man, like, literally gave his body. And I'm sure at times he had punctured lungs and other things where he really should not have been out there. Especially under, like, the new age of football where we are we're conscious of player safety. But that dude went out there when he didn't have to for a shitty organization that had nothing but losses. And he went out there... He always answered the call and put his body on the line every damn week so he could get beaten the hell up. Um, That deserves a lot of respect, even though there weren't a lot of wins. From all things that I know, he, and even though it was his wife, uh, what was her name again? My friend had a little online tussle with her. Kelly. uh, Kelly Stafford, who uh, Matthew called like the most courageous person in her life because I believe she beat a brain tumor. Um... That family was deeply ingrained in the Detroit community doing good things for it. So from all I can glean, really good person in the community was literally giving within inches of his life on the field. Okay, to the booing and then the cheering part. I I get that you want to boo the opposing players, but first, obviously I'm not a fan, but from what I can see, the only... The only entities, the only things people that get booed by a home crowd now are some animated player, like the hot shot, look at me, wide receiver who's pointing first down and, you know, telling the crowd to shush, like that person gets booed. Quarterbacks don't really do that. The other 
Um, group that gets booed? Referees. Everybody hates the referees. And then the other group is uh, the home team where the coach gets booed when the coach makes a dumb call, there's a bad penalty, or players do dumb things. Nowhere in there is opposing quarterback. Some of the opposing quarterbacks that I'm thinking of that the Lions played, and I don't know, obviously uh, the Packers, Bears, and Vikings played the Lions at home. I don't know out of their division who played, but I don't, like, did anybody feel the need? And I get that. This is different. Like, Matthew Stafford was there for a really long time, so there's a deeper emotional connection, which creates good emotions, but also the bad ones. It's confusing logic to me just because he was there that you would get up and specifically boo Matthew Stafford as the quarterback of the Rams when you probably didn't boo Jordan Love or Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback with the Bears or Kirk Cousins or whatever. Like, nobody boos. I gave you the three people that, that constantly get booed. But if you feel the need to boo, you have the heck at it. You do you. I mean, you pay for the ticket, and as long as you're not, like... Getting really personal, being vile, offending people around you. Boo all the heck you want. Not my thing, but you can have at it. But do me this. We do me this solid. Can we have this compromise? When they announce Matthew Stafford in the pregame introductions, give that man an ovation. Like, two minutes. Because he deserves it for all the things I have pointed out. Booing him is absolutely absurd he did not leave on bad terms he left on good terms um where the lions made sure they got him into a good situation and oh yeah by the way that trade which looked ridiculous at the time and everybody nobody expected jared goff to be starting quarterback for the lions in their next playoff game um that trade that matthew stafford essentially orchestrated much of on his own independence uh, put was the fulcrum of where the Lions are now because of that quarterback and Jared Goff. This weekend, we will have frigid temperatures. Um, doesn't look like for a long period, but it every time we get to those temperatures, I remember of, I think it was 2014 and 15. One of those years, I believe we had a record amount of snow, like 90 inches, so feet. We also had several weeks, if maybe just a week at a time, but several different week at a times through the winter with um, negative wind chills and near record negative wind chills where we would go a couple days in a row, minus 28, minus 30, 48 below, I think might have been the record. It was dangerous and it was really hard to deal with where I lived downtown at St. Clair Village. I had these real so if you walk out of the spaghetti warehouse, um, if you look across that orange building, that's where I lived. So I had really high windows and they were old. They let a lot of it wasn't where I could just hear the wind howling in. I felt it howling in. I had some neighbors and then my bedroom which had those as well, was all brick. So no ins- no insulation. In the wintertime, uh, I took a, took a thermometer in there. In the wintertime, my bedroom was 12 degrees, around 12 degrees colder than the rest of the apartment. In the summertime, 12 degrees warmer than the rest of the place. Um, th- during those days, as cold as it was and as dangerous as this was, I thought about sleeping in bed with my space heater. It was that cold. My neighbors at the time when we had these negative wind chills in the 20s and 30s, 
they offer to, you know, if I can go, if I, I can go sleep in their place if I want, or uh, if they, if I want to take their extra blankets, and like a lot of people, winterize their home with some kind of insulated plastic or something you buy from Home Depot over windows. Like, do I want to hang these over the windows until this passes? Those two winners almost froze me out of Toledo. Those feet and feet of snow and all those wind chills. I remember thinking, I don't know if I can do another winter like this. I think it was the last big storm of 2015 or so that we had. It was a lot of snow, but it was coupled, it was partnered with those, I don't know if it was dangerous wind chills at the time, but it was windy. So much so that um, when I lived across the street from my my old job, I remember walking across that street, um, the one in between... uh, like where I live, the Orange Building and the iHeartRadio Building, like that little street right there. I remember leaning into the wind and struggling to pick my feet, my my legs and feet up to power through that wind. It was also so cold around those times where there was all kinds of like, we were all not bored, but acting like kids at the time, getting all kinds of liquids out of the um, vending machines and whatnot and throwing it up in the air and seeing if it would freeze or not and how fast. So, when we have temperatures like this weekend, one, please stay safe. I'm not even going to remind you to keep your pets inside or not outside for long because if I have to, you shouldn't have a pet in the first place. So, stay safe. Stay safe this weekend. And thank you for listening to the podcast.